1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Celtic sealed the double signing of Aaron Moy and Moritz Jens. Rangers face West Ham tonight with Ben Davies and Calvin Bassey deals nearing conclusion and Jordan Jones returns to Kilmarnock. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Gordon DL. Yeah, good evening Andrew. It's been a very busy day again in Scotland in the transfer market. Obviously Celtic adding to their squad. I'm sure that Celtic fans will be delighted with the two new additions. I think positions that Postacoglu has been looking at, especially at the centre-back position, Position and obviously in the middle of the park gives them an R flair player. Rangers taking on West Ham tonight. That preparation for a weekend Saturday still going. Get Tottenham at the weekend. We've got Premier Sports Cup football tonight as well for the lower teams and uh, looking forward to the next uh, couple of weeks. Yeah, pretty rare double signing. We don't see it that often these days that two players are announced at virtually the same time. Celtic had tweeted the signings of Aaron Moy and Moritz Jens out within minutes of each other earlier on. So that will have been an exciting afternoon for Celtic fans. Yeah, and they'll be looking forward now to seeing the two guys pitch up and obviously see what they're going to bring to the table. Um, Postacoglu's obviously done his work on them, he fancies the two of them, but we spoke about this last week, and I know one or two of the boys in the show were saying about, uh, they were getting calls, that Celtic need that other sitting midfield player. Um, I said last Tuesday that he strikes me as a manager that just goes for flair, he goes for attacking football. It'll still be interesting to see if he adds to the squad. I still think the um, the transfer uh, dealings are not done at Celtic and probably not at Rangers as well. Most squads try to get as many players in because it is a long, hard, hard season. You need a big squad. You need quality in all sorts of positions. So it'll be interesting between now and obviously the start of the season next Saturday to see what else happens in the transfer market. Well, we want to hear your thoughts at home as well. Maybe you've got some thoughts on Celtic's two new signings. Maybe you're a Rangers fan on the way to that West Ham friendly and you want to talk about Ben Davies or Calvin Bassey. Maybe you're on the way to a Premier Sports Cup game. Maybe you're a Kilmarnock fan that's excited about the return of Jordan Jones. Whatever it is you want to chat about, 0141951125 or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. But we will start with that double signing, Gordon, because as I said, Celtic completing that double signing Aaron Moy and Moritz Jens coming in Aaron Moy joins on a two year deal of course he's previously worked with Ange Postacoglu at international level he's got 52 caps for Australia Moritz Jens comes in on a season long loan deal from Lorient Celtic have the option to buy him next summer so we had a couple of callers on the show yesterday talking about what business Celtic had left to do mm. do you think that Celtic are close to finish now with those two signings yeah I think they've got a very very strong, uh, strong squad Andrew I think both um, sides of Glasgow's got very strong you know Rangers are doing a bit of transfer business herself um, bringing in some good money but um, Celtic you look at throughout their, their squad I, I thought they were a bit short at the centre back position was Julian going to be part of the plans I still think he needed an R centre half in there don't know a lot about the lad don't think he's played a great deal of football but they've obviously done their rework uh, their, their homework on him uh, delighted to get him in gives him that extra bit of cover in there so they're well covered now with that because you've got Welsh in there as well we forgot about him a young lad who's been excellent every time he stepped up to the plate um, so they're very well covered I, I still think there could be one more um, and if it was my guess I still believe that with the amount of games that Celtic Rangers are going to have and I know that people say well we've got strikers X, Y and Z 
I don't think you can have enough strikers in your squad. I really don't. And uh, managers always think that because it gives you the opportunity, especially in different games, different competitions against different oppositions to play a different way. You know, you look at Jack and Marquez, for instance, he plays a different way from Kyogo and Maeda and people like that. You've got a bad that can go through the middle. Totally, totally take that on board. But I just think you've got to make sure you're well, well covered. And I do believe that before next week, I wouldn't be surprised if Celtic may add one more. Well, no matter who you support, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your thoughts on your club at the moment. 01419511025. Colin is a Rangers fan. And Airdrie, Colin, what are you thinking about Rangers business at the moment? Um, I think it's going quite well. Um, I tried to go on last night when Hugh was on and it was taking a, uh, make a comment to him when he said, time would tell if it was the right decision selling these players or not, whether Rangers won the league or not. However, I see it in the business sense. The board are running Rangers correctly now and it's about making money. They've sold these players, they've got good value for them and you're not guaranteed to win the league. We lost the league with eight players in the team, so I think they're doing the right thing. They're earning good money, which stands in good stead for years to come. So I think they're doing it the right way. Which is get the best money for the players where you can. Yeah, Gordon, Rangers, I don't think, had too much choice in the deals for Aribo and Bassey certainly mm-hmm. this summer Joe Aribo was entering the final year of his contract by all accounts he had a £10 million release clause for clubs down south as well in the case of Calvin Bassey if you get a deal that's worth £20 million plus if you're a Scottish club you kind of have to take it I think it's brilliant business I've got to admit I think it's terrific business don't blame Rangers one bit um, I think Colin makes a great point there um, you're not guaranteed to win the league because you've got Bassey and Aribo I thought Bassey last season was outstanding uh, he, he just grew and grew and got better and better I looked at him at left centre back and thought don't know if that's his strongest position and he, he played some of his best games there then I watched him in the cup final against Hearts going up and down that le- left hand side Andrew he was terrific but to get that sort of a money um, you cannot refuse that Aribo going into last year his contract you rightly say to get that money you can't refuse that what it does is it frees up uh, a bit of funds as well to bring in you know freshen the team up a little bit yes you've lost two quality players but as a manager and you go to these clubs and especially Rangers and Celtic and with the money it's going about just now you know that teams are going to come calling for your best players and especially if it's English club based players with the money that they've got finances at disposal then it's going to be very hard to refuse but that sort of money for those two players I think it's a brilliant bit of business Yeah Rangers have been criticised in the past for not really doing their bit when it comes to maximising the sales of their players but when you look at over the past six months the deal for Nathan Patterson the deal for Joe Aribo this deal that's going to go through for Calvin Bassey as well they'll be able to point at those three deals and say look the club are going in the right direction now when it comes to transfers Yeah the amount of money you get in for instance Bassey has played what a season uh, at, at Rangers yeah, he's, been, he's been there for two he was a, yeah. a regular last season yeah regular last season so she played Nathan Patterson hardly played any games at all and the money they've recouped for these two guys has been incredible um, the, the biggest um, test for me for Rangers will be that you know you've got one or two of the, the big names getting into the last year of their contracts um, you just wonder how they handle that I'm sure they're working very hard behind the scenes to sort of uh, resolve that because you do not want to go to January and you get the, the likes of Kent and people like that in the last six months they're quite, they, it, it would be disastrous for them uh, so they'll be working very hard but on the plus side just now for those three players and the amount of money that they've, they've brought back in I think that is terrific 
bit of business for Rangers and I think the board's got to be applauded for that because it is all about balancing books it's all about making sure the club's stable it's all about giving extra funds to the manager and backing the manager so you can't argue with that and I don't think many Rangers fans will Colin, when a club loses big players there's of course then a focus on the players that come in are you quite happy with the players that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has managed to bring in this window? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, admittedly, I've not seen much of them. However, I do think, you know, with the coaching staff that they've got there, um, if these players are half decent, then I think they'll just make them better as well. Um, and especially playing in an attacking team like Rangers, do you know what I mean? So I think, yeah, it bodes well. Um, decent business, outgoings and incomings, so happy, happy. <laughs> yeah, there'll be a lot of intrigue from Rangers fans, Gordon, just because this is Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's first full mm. proper transfer window. Yes, he was there in January, but he hadn't arrived too long before that January window. You wouldn't say that too many of the signings were Giovanni Van Bronckhorst signings, but when you look at the business Rangers have done, they've brought in a good few players. Ben Davies is on the way as well. Rangers fans will be excited to see what this Rangers team looks like in the image of Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. It's a big part of my Management nowadays, Andrew, you get judged very much on your signings. Uh, they've got to hit the ground running. You look at Ange Postacoglu, for instance, at Celtic. Um, every signing he brought in, uh, apart from Gucci, who got injured, I think he was at Alloway, got a bad knock. Mm-hmm. But apart from everyone, um, apart from him, every single one of them contributed, hit the ground running, and he took so much praise for that, rightly so, let me say. I think uh, Van Brunkers would be delighted with his transfer window. It's just a matter of getting his, um, his points of view over to them, his style, what he wants them to do, how they all gel together. But he certainly likes Celtic. Uh, got a very, very strong squad there indeed. And plus the fact, we looked at the, the weekend at Blackpool, one or two of the kids are starting to make a claim for to get into that first-team squad as well, which is very, very encouraging. Colin, are there any more areas in the team that need to be addressed in this window? Uh, I think probably a striker. Um, to me, um, we don't know what's going to be happening with Morelos. Obviously, he's injured just now. Roof, I think, has picked up a knock as well. So, I think we need we need cover there. I think we need a decent striker to come in as well. Pushing, I know we've got Cholak, but I would like another one. <laughs> is that a tough situation, Gordon? Because, yes, Alfredo Morelos' contract is down to the final year. Yes, Kamar Roof has picked up a lot of injuries. Antonio Cholak has come in, but when you've got three strikers who are all at an age where they'll be expecting first-team football, could you really see Giovanni Van Bronckhorst then bringing in another fourth striker into the equation yeah, at the moment? Yeah, yeah I could. Yeah, um, I certainly could, Andrew. Um, I'm probably sounding like a, an agent for the strikers' union here, but I keep going back to it. I, I think that you've got to have as many as you possibly can. I know that the big question, Martin, people saying, well, how do you keep all these players happy? There's other managers, and if you look down south, with, with massive squads, with massive players on massive money, keeping players. So that's part of your job. But I think you've got to have options. I think that the le- uh, the lesson was learned last season. You cannot leave yourself short, especially in the striker department. I know that you can argue back that Arivo got the goal in the final, but... Would you say that Morelis was a better centre-forward? Of course he is, that's his position. So I think that you cannot get through this season and the amount of games that the Rangers and Celtic both play nowadays, um, I think you've got to have the strongest squad 
possible at your disposal I suppose it also depends on how Giovanni Van Bronckhorst views Malik Tillman as well because he has played as a striker I've seen mm. quotes from Julian Nagelsmann the Bayern Munich coach saying that he is a very capable striker as well as well as playing in that attacking midfield role so possibly he could be that cover in that area as maybe, well Maybe that's the reason why he was brought in Andrew there's nothing better for a, for a manager nowadays in the modern day game to get a player that you know can play more than one position you know, you look at, for instance, the money they got for Basia. As I said, when I seen him at left centre back, I was thinking, no, he's a better left back. All of a sudden, he turned into a terrific left centre back, had some great performances. Left back, all of a sudden, he turns in some terrific performances. So that was a great luxury for Rangers to have. Celtic have got the same. We get players that can play in one or two positions, especially their captain, for instance, most influential player at the club, can play as that sitting midfield player, can play one forward and still be excellent. So I think for a manager, a coach now, bringing in players, I think I think you've got to try and get a player that can fit into one or two positions and still be a big influence in the team. Well, thank you to Colin. 01419511025. Let's stick with the phones. John is a Celtic fan in Coatbridge. John, two new signings for Celtic today. Aaron Moy, Moritz Jens, how happy are you with those? I am really happy, as I said to the producer there. Uh, I think it's a, a great signing. Uh, I think, would you call it, um, but as I, I'd gone and stole my thunder a wee bit, I, I still think we'll go for another striker and try and get rid of Ayeti. But I've I, I been honest, I don't know much about the. The, the centre back, as Gordon says as well there. But as you say, with Tristan and Jeremy, the, the signings he made last year, and every one was a success. But I think Mo, Moy will sort of cover the void left with Tom Rogic, because obviously, you know me, I'm a big fan of Rogic. Just, I think, uh, as I say, I think Gordon stole my thunder a bit. I still think we'll, we'll go for another striker. Hope get Yeti off the bit, Gordon. Yeah, I mean, looking at Aaron Moy, first of all, John mm. mentions him as a replacement for Tom Rogic. Tom Rogic was a huge player for Celtic last season under, under Ange Postacoglu. Mm. Postacoglu really got a tune out of him. Is this, you feel, he's a different type of player, yeah. Aaron Moy, but in terms of having another player in that position that someone that Ange Postacoglu trusts, is that the direct replacement, really? Yeah, yeah. I think he's brought in a, a bit of experience as well. Am I right in saying he's 31? 31, yeah. 30, yeah. A uh, very experienced player, Australian international, played at the highest level in England. Um, you know, I, I've not watched him every week, but every time I've seen him, Andrew, he's impressed me. I think, I think he could play a massive part for Celtic. If you look at that middle up park, the quality they've got in there, the options they've got in there as well, I think he'll fit into that brilliantly. I really do. Uh, I know he'd obviously a spell in Scotland uh, with St Mirren. That was a few years ago. Yeah, about 10 years ago uh, or so, yeah. 2012. Yeah, so he obviously knows the Scottish game. Um, He's a very talented player. And I I think John made a good point. Just now, uh, nobody will doubt, um, you know, Postacoglu's um, transfers. Because, as I said earlier, you've got to give credit where credit's due. Everyone's hit the ground running. They've been excellent. Um, the Celtic fans have enjoyed watching them uh, it's a stronger squad and they're going to need it so as I said I think that managers are now judged a lot not in just results but in signings as well John you admitted you don't know too much about Moritz Jens but with Gordon saying there that you know most of Celtic signings under Ange Postacoglu have hit the ground running they've been successes does that give you the confidence that despite not knowing too much about him that you think he could be a good player for Celtic? I, as I said there, I mean, every player Angie's brought in has, has done the business, hit the ground running. And uh, as I said, Gordon knows I'm not a big Julian fan, and I, 
I just hope they can get him off the books as well. So I mean, hope something can get get him off the wage bill. But Gorm, can I can I make another point touching on the Rangers? Uh, mm. By saying that, now I'm I'm right, obviously we'll always have a bit of go each other, Celtic Rangers mm. fans. But this carry on that it's an undisclosed fee. Now, when's the last time you found out Ajax spent over twenty million on a player? It doesn't happen. They spent more than that on Stephen Bergwijn in this transfer window, John. Oh, broke their transfer window. window. Yep. Right, but as I said, it's the same way. Aribo was it was twenty billion supposed to be, and then all of a sudden it was ten million. They've got six million for them plus add-ons. Know what I mean? What, but I, I when when was it ten million and then six million, John? Those are reports no, I haven't no, seen anywhere. Well, that's what they, that's all they've got for them. Eh, Andrew, six million plus to ten million, ten million with add-ons. Oh, that's I, that's, that's all Rangers are getting for Calvin Bassey, yeah. No, for Aribo. Oh, for Aribo, all oh, right, okay, okay. Aye, Aribo, Aribo, I could. I, I still think it's quite sick. I think it's, I'm a bit sceptical after getting the 20 million for Bassett. And it's, you see, if they do fair play to them right enough, because as Gordon says, he's only had one season, and he, he's, he, the guy is a good player, I'm not taking away for that. But uh, it's, I'm thinking, I mean, Ajax are a team that will, will bring young people in and then sell them on for a fee. So, and I, obviously, I didn't realise they'd bought you know, this Bergwin for 30 odd million. But I just, I'm a bit sceptical. I say, my main point is that I hope they can get rid of Julian Ayeti. And as Gordon says, and I agreed with him there, I think the signings I've made under Andrew has been brilliant. And I think this guy, Moe, will just add a bit of experience as well. But I would like to see another centre forward come in just to, to, to level it up as well. So I would. Yeah, I, I do agree. I, I think that um, I feel a wee bit for Julian. I've got to be honest with you. The, the lad went through a horrific injury, he was out for a long time, missed a lot of football. I don't know what the situation is with him. He's obviously, he was bought for big money. Um, you know, he'll be on a fair salary. Uh, a Yeti has just come up to Scotland. It's not happened for him. The same, uh, spent a lot of money over, on him, probably on a big salary as well. That, that sometimes it's the hardest thing, is not bringing players in, it's trying to get them out of the club because these guys, with the salaries they're on, ain't just going to leave for... You know, half their wages or whatever. They're the professional guys, and they they've signed a contract, and they're quite right to sit there and get the best deal possible. But I'm sure their agents will be working to try and get them out and play football, and obviously help Celtic as well. Because you look at the squads that Celtic Rangers have now got; they've got a massive squads, and if you've got good, good quality, great. But what you don't want, Andrew, is and I hate using this word because I was a professor, it's dead wood, people say dead wood. You don't want players that are not going to be involved because you want to concentrate on the guys that you're going to go forward with and try and win tournaments. Well, thank you to John. There's been plenty of transfer stories over the past day or so. St Mirren youngster Dylan Reid, he's knocked back a move to Celtic in favour of staying at St Mirren to continue his development. We'll take a look at that after the break. The voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Gordon DL here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 0141-951-1025 on the phones, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. And a story, Gordon, that broke last night after the show was finished is that young Dylan Reid the 17 year old St Mirren midfielder he had an offer from Celtic they had a bid accepted by St Mirren he had a big decision to make Stephen Robinson had spoken pretty openly that he wanted Dylan Reid to stay at the club Ange Postacoglu had spoken and said that Dylan Reid would maybe be more of a sort of B team signing academy signing at the moment he had a lot to weigh up and St Mirren confirmed last night that he will be staying at St Mirren to continue his development It's refreshing for me Andrew because I think when the, the big two in Scotland come calling it's very easy to just jump ship and think right okay financially 
let's not be kidding, that would be a better deal for a young lad. Um, I do believe that. But I think what he's done is he's sat down, he's, he's looked at his career going forward, uh, progressing probably more in the St Mirren first team squad training day in, day out, getting the odd game, coming off the bench, being a part of that, learning how to be a Premier League player. I totally understand the, you know, the carrot there with Celtic coming over to a, a club the size of Celtic and calling yourself a Celtic player. Of course, it's the same with Rangers. I've seen a lot of young players making that jump. Um, but I've got to say, I think as for the boy, hopefully because he's got great ability, a lad, and if he goes on and keeps working at his game, that time whether it'll be Celtic or Rangers or a big club in England, that will come calling. Uh, it certainly will. But. I just think, honestly, I think the boy's made a terrific decision for himself and his career going forward. And we've seen in recent transfer windows that young players at clubs outside of Celtic and Rangers are getting opportunities and are getting moves. You look at Josh Doig, you look at Aaron Hickey, mm. you look at several other players, Lewis Ferguson, Calvin Ramsey, who have been performing for other clubs outside the top two and have had that platform to be able to kick on and, and get themselves that move elsewhere. Yeah, I, I just think I just think in, in days gone by that you know I think the quality of Celtic Rangers is so good now. And I said last week in this show, I think that come next May, I think the gap between second and third will be incredible. Because I just think Rangers and Celtic, Celtic and Rangers are getting stronger and stronger. The quality they're bringing in the size of the squads that they've got even with Aberdeen and Hibs spending probably more yeah, than they have done yeah, in previous yeah, windows yeah they won't even get near them um, I just think that, that there'll be such a big gap this season I really do I think we're in for an exciting uh, Premier League and people will say well hold, hold on it's a two horse race I think Rangers Celtic Celtic Rangers will be going head to head I think it'll be terrific I think that you know it'll be exciting this year there'll be a race for third obviously as you say Aberdeen are trying to improve uh, Dundee United a terrific season Motherwell hopefully start their season off at the, you know finishing the top six was good you've got Hearts who were excellent but I just look at the quality that these two teams are bringing in uh, paired with uh, the quality uh, of the two coaches, Poster Coglu and Van Bronckhorst, I think they're two excellent coaches in charge of the two teams. So I just think it'll get stronger and stronger and stronger. And uh, But I still think we'll be in for a very exciting year. 01419511025 on the phones. Nick is a Celtic fan in Airdrie. Nick, plenty of transfers on the go. Celtic, of course, bringing in two more today. How confident are you feeling ahead of the new season? Hi Andrew, uh, hi Gordon, hi, good hi, evening. Hi Nick. Uh, before I make my point, uh, I would like to uh, send my deepest sympathy, uh, sympathy and condolences to uh, Ollie Andy Gorham's family and Rangers Football Club and the wider uh, Rangers family. Uh, I knew the guy personal, a total gentleman and an absolute legend. Uh, never forget him. Yeah, well said, Nick. And of course, Gordon, there was a, a great turnout as well. Players have, have passed and present at his funeral yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very fitting for a man that, um, you know, gave so much to the club. And I, I, I think Nick's right. He, he is down in that uh, category of being a legend. Uh, it's a sad loss for everyone concerned. Um, it was a very sad day yesterday. Uh, and our thoughts were, are with everybody in the Gorham's family but uh, in the Rangers' eyes and, and supporters I don't think he'll ever be forgotten because he goes under that category probably 
the best goalkeeper Rangers ever had. Yep, well said. Nick, what was your next point yep. you wanted to make? Right, and this, uh, the Rangers supporters will now hate me. Well, <clears throat> looking at uh, what happened last season and uh, everything that Ange has uh, been building uh, pre-season, uh, I think Celtic will, will, are a stick on for a treble. I stick think, on uh, for the treble, Gordon. That's a that's a big shout on the nineteenth of July. I like it. I like the confidence. Yeah, I think yep. I, I, I think Nick will not be alone uh, as a Celtic fan, probably with those thoughts. But I also think there'll be Rangers fans going to the West Ham game tonight, preparing for the start of the season, looking at what their manager's doing and saying. Will be a stick on for the treble. Uh, I, I think both sets of supporters will be very confident in their squads. Yes, we've got to see one or two players come in, see what they're going to bring. They're bringing big reputations, but the players been brought into Rangers and Celtic before with big reputations and failed miserably. But it's a great opportunity, and as I say, I just think both Celtic and Rangers by the day, are getting stronger and stronger and better quality. Um, whether they won the treble or not, I don't know that. Um, but I'm sure that both sides of the city are very, very confident they'll be picking up silverware. Nick, are you the type of supporter that looks across the city and looks at the signings that the other team are making? Or are you just basing your whole opinion on exactly what's happening at Celtic and what Ange Postacoglu has brought to the club? No, I'm totally focused on... Uh... Celtic uh, and nobody but nobody in this earth could have predicted what would have happened last season this guy came for Japan and he came in and the place was a shambles after about 9 or 10 months and he turned it round and the bulk of the signings that he has brought in have improved the squad and they've all hit the ground running uh, I, I think they can only get better uh, this season. Yeah, that's Scottish football at the moment for you, Gordon. Mm. You look, just take the last two seasons, for example. So hard to predict. I was uh, made to fill in my pre-season predictions with Hugh yesterday that will be coming out in a couple of weeks' time. And you're sitting there thinking, mm. you have no idea what's going to happen. There's obviously been so much change at so many clubs this season. And, you know, Next they are pretty confident Celtic are going to win the treble. There'll be Rangers fans out there confident that they are going to win plenty of silverware this season. All we know is that we're going to be in for another really good season. Yeah, I could be accused of sitting in the fence here, Andrew, because it'll be a, a, a flick of a coin for me. I, I just think that we don't know which Rangers are going to bring in. Um, I think that what um, Nick's saying there about last season, Postacoglu walked in, there was not a great deal of pressure on him at all. He had a rebuilding job and, and, and what, he, what he achieved was remarkable. Uh, you know, if you'd have said to me at the beginning of the season that Postacoglu was going to win the double, I, I would have thought absolutely no chance. But what he achieved was brilliant. Uh, Van Bronckhorst came in for a wee bit of um, criticism in January, finished the season on a high, very unlucky in the Europa League Cup final. Um, so I just think we're in for a terrific ding-dong. I really do, and I think we're not finished yet with the signings. So it's very hard to sit here and now because I've not seen Rangers and I've not seen they're playing pre-season friendlies and you know what happens pre-season friendlies substitution change you know it changes the game the pace of the game you're playing against opposition that are not up to speed as well uh, it's just preparation uh, it's when the, the serious bit will come in and then 
you know, the league campaign kicks off and you got a little bit of flavour, you got a little bit of taste, but I just think both sets of fans are in for an exciting season. Nick, is there anything in particular that you're most excited about ahead of the season? Is it a, a signing in particular? Is it the return of the Champions League group stages for Celtic? Uh, one of the things, and, and Callum will probably be happy in me saying this, uh, Seagrass is uh, one of the biggest coups uh, for a long number of years. Uh, all right, Joe Hart's there, but uh, I think this guy's an excellent goalkeeper and he'll be a great addition to Celtic Football Club. Could you see him taking over from Joe Hart as Celtic's number one or do you see it as a, a strong competition between the two? He could possibly take over. He's a fantastic goalkeeper. Fantastic. I I I think I think Andrew it's a it's a very good signing, not just for Celtic. I think for Joe Hart. Because as a player, as a goalkeeper, especially a goalkeeper's position, there was no competition last season to Joe Hart. Joe Hart would you know, even if he had a couple of poor games, he'd still have been the number one. But when you get the competition come in, like Seacrest, for instance, and he is a very, very qual he's a quality goalkeeper, let's not get away from it. He's a very good goalkeeper indeed. And he'll be working every every day with Joe Hart. And I think that pushes on as a player and obviously in that position, it's a specialised position as a goalkeeper. So you need to be on top of your game because you know that if you have a few bad games, you've got a manager that's prepared to change it with a bit of quality and you might have to sit there and wait your turn for a long, long time. So I think it's a good signing for Joe Hart because I think it gives him that edge to keep him in his toes and say, yes, it's a quality goalkeeper coming in, but I'm the number one and I'm going to stay the number one. Well, thank you to Nick and Airdrie. Let's stick with the phones. Billy is a Rangers fan in Clyde Bank. Billy, of course, there's been a lot of activity at Ibrooks over the past couple of weeks. How are you feeling ahead of the, the new season and the deals that have been done so far? Um, I think the deals that have been done so far is quite good. Uh, obviously, I'm sorry to Lewis Bassey and Aribo. I mean, I thought of two great players that done fantastic business for the clubs. But in um, saying that, I think Rangers have acted really fast in getting no replacements, but other players in that could replace them, if you know what I mean. And yeah. uh, I was just thinking, um, do you think, uh, Gordon, do you think um, Rangers have acted a lot better this summer? Uh, this transfer window and what they did in January, because in January they made a few signings, but nothing to the criteria of what they've made this year. And I'm just really looking forward to this season starting. Yeah, I, I thought the, the the signings in January were a bit, what would I describe them, a bit weak. I don't think they made a, any impact at all. You know, Celtic kicked on, uh, especially with their signings. So, as I said earlier, it's a, it's a big part of management um, nowadays to get the right signings in so that they can hit the ground running. The honeymoon periods are over because the demands now from both clubs is, is so high that you've got to perform and you look at the size of squads. I, I, I can't really... It's very hard. If you see the nucleus of Celtic team there win the league, yeah, great. Rangers are looking to bring in, what, about five, six players maybe if, if Ben David gets over the line. That's six and that we're not even at the, the start of the season yet. So that's a big, big change. We need to see how these guys hit the ground. They're coming with good pedigrees. Let's not be kidding. They're coming with good pedigrees. It's up to the manager to fit them into a system, a style of football that's going to entertain the fans, going to win games and going to win trophies. But 
I always thought that apart from January under Steven Gerrard, I thought Rangers always, uh, especially when he was a manager, I thought he, he he did his business very quickly. I thought he was always prepared, ready to go, ready to kick off. Um, but Van Bronckhorst has certainly had a busy uh, close season and it'll be interesting to see the quality that has brought in and what the Rangers fans think about him. So I think that's what fans like to see, Gordon, is in the case of Aribo, he was gone, he was a big player, but quickly after, Malik Tillman comes in mm. and looks as if he could be a, an Aribo-style replacement. Calvin Bassey is on his way out of the club. Rangers have agreed a deal for Ben Davis to come in, and it's all happening very quickly. Rangers are making sure that they're not hanging about, they're not waiting until late in the window to get those deals done. Well, if that was the case, you wouldn't be doing your job. You've, you've got to have, you've got to be ready as a club, as a manager, as a staff, that if you lose one of your your high earners, one of your high sort of a players, the player that you know. Guaranteed a game every week Has been performing brilliantly If you lose him Because you know Other clubs with money out there uh, They're going to come calling Andrew There's no doubt in that So you've got to be on the ball You've got to be ready to say Right If we lose a rebo, We've got a, a, a choice of Maybe one or two replacements Let's make sure we've got that that wheel spinning. We're ready to go. Get them back in. That's sorted. That's fine. We've we've we've, we've crossed that off. And it's the same with Bassi. They've got to be on the ball, and you've got to give them credit. One, they brought in some decent decent money, and they brought in players as well. Well, thank you to Billy. Rangers have released their starting lineup for their friendly against West Ham. We'll bring you that after these. This is Scottish football's lead leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Gordon DL here with me, Andrew McLean, in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. And we want to hear from you as well. 01419511025. Plenty of Premier Sports Cup games on the go tonight. What one are you liking the look of, Gordon? I'll tell tell you one that stands out for me. Airdrie and St Mirren. Airdrie St Mirren, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I agree that, with you. I think that's a very, very good one. It's the only one I can see, so I'm going for that. Cove Kelty, that sounds uh, like a good one. Yeah, Qu- uh, Queen's Park against Dundee. Queen's Park have, uh, have put in a good showing so far in the group yeah, stages. Yeah, another good game. Uh, unfortunately, Cove's just a bit far away from me, but uh, there'll be a lot of exciting games there. I've watched a few of them. Uh, I watched Command at Partick, which was very exciting, and uh, Partick won that in penalties, and I thought they played very well indeed. The big one on Thursday night. Though the European oh, qualifier, I'll Motherwell Sligo, you'll be there. Yeah, your, I'll be, I'll have be you got there. the new shirt for this season as well? I, I've not got the new one. I, I'm, I'm prepared to wear the old one and just uh, sort of uh, see it out until somebody offers me the new one. Are you still waiting to see who you want on the back first before you no, buy I, it? No, I, I have DL in the oh, back. DL. Yeah, yeah, DL has to be DL9. DL, yeah. yeah, that's it, DL9. I'm sure when you go to Far Park, there's so many that have DL9 on the back of them. Uh, I've not seen many um, mm. over the last couple of seasons, but I'm really looking forward to it, um, Andrew. I, really, I, w- I would go to the return leg, but Unfortunately, I, I well, unfortunately for a lot of people listening, I'm in here next week, so uh, I'll miss that one. But uh, looking forward to Thursday night, should be a good, good game. Yeah, another game on the go tonight. Rangers have a friendly against West Ham. I said I'd bring you that starting lineup. It's John McLaughlin in goal. Back four: James Tavernier, Connor Goldson, John Souter, and Borna Barisic. The midfield three: Ryan Jack, Glenn Kamara, and John Lundstrom. With Scott Wright, Ryan Kent, and Antonio Cholak. The front three. Is there anything that stands out to you there? I know it is only a friendly. Maybe McLaughlin being picked over McGregor. Yeah, but uh, you don't read a lot into these sort of a pre-season games. I think that the managers uh, they have a plan in their head, and if everybody's fit, what sort of a minutes and. 
how they plan about, you know, making their substitutions and the new lads getting bedded in and maybe a change of goalkeeper or whatever. But it's a very strong Rangers side. It'll be a good test. I don't know where West Ham are just now in their, their pre-season fitness-wise, but... Uh, I can tell you they are putting out a strong side. The likes of Declan Rice, Manuel Lanzini, Ben Rama's there, Mikel Antonio, Jared Bowen. So it is a... A, a close to a full strength West Ham side yeah, so it will I, be a, a strong test I think I think the Rangers fans going along there tonight and it's been a beautiful day um, they'll enjoy enjoy the, the game I think that two strong sides Rangers and West Ham um, so uh, hopefully goals and uh, a very exciting night for them well, Let's go back to the phones Kenny is a Hearts fan in Airdrie and Kenny there has been a lot of talk over the past couple of days about Lauren Shankland it looks as if he's on his way to Tynecastle how excited are you about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking really forward to that, Andrew, but I've got a bone to pick with yourself. Oh. Uh, every time you talk about Celtic and Rangers, Celtic and Rangers being, you know, strengthening their squad, none of us can keep up with their, their spending with their squads. But you keep saying Hibs and Aberdeen. What about Hearts that romped third last season? <laughs> can, I, can I give away a, a spoiler of my predictions for the new season? All I'll say is I do have Hearts in third place. Mm. So I hope that makes you feel all right, Kenny. I know, I take that back then. That's, that's <laughs> what I do. No, yeah. Gordon, Gordon, it was last week we were talking about Shanklin, and I believe he's actually just signed. Uh, I think it was on the STV News. My daughter just phoned me to say. But uh, no, I'm, I'm looking really forward to the season. You know, I think uh, a lot of the teams have strengthened and weakened in places. Mm. You know, Dundee United, we've, we've gained uh, Nielsen, the young uh, centre half, and he's looking a really good player. Uh, Hibs have lost uh, Doig. Doig that we gave away for free and now they've, they've got themselves three million but they're Scottish footballers it's something to look forward to and I'm dying to see the, the start of the new season Yeah I'm looking forward to it Kenny I, I said earlier in the programme I thought Hearts had a terrific season last uh, season uh, finishing third I do believe that Rangers and Celtic are stronger and I think they'll go further away but um, I, I looking at the rest I would probably say that Hearts are the strongest. Um, it's a terrific place to play, Tynecastle, especially when it's full. Um, it's such a, a, a fantastic atmosphere. Um, they've got good quality. Shangland is one of those players for me that, given the right service, and I think Hearts have got the players in the, in the right positions to do that, um, I think the boy knows where the back of the net is. Uh, he's back in Scotland now. He's he's had his go at Dundee United. He, he was sensational here as well. Um, I know that was a a, a a a level down, but he's proved that he can score goals. And um, I said earlier, he's a Scottish internationalist. I know he's not been about for a, uh, the scene for a while now, but you give him decent opportunities in that box. I think the boy knows where the back end is. Yeah, you mentioned it there. Is it? really about the, the service and the link-up play when it comes to Lawrence Shanklin because when he was at Dundee United in the top flight when they played under Mickey Mellon they didn't really create too many chances last season he was at Beershot in mm. Belgium that was a team that got relegated they didn't create too many chances and I know it was a level down when he was playing in the championship for Dundee United and Air United there was a season in League One at Air United as well but I think it was 91 goals in 107 games he scored across three seasons for those two clubs yeah. in that spell and that that's incredible numbers and if he can I'm not saying he's going to exactly replicate that but if he can get the service and find the scoring boots again he could be a very good sign for I, I, I stress Andrew that I think Shanklin will be a success only if the Hearts players can create the chances for him because I do believe he can get them goals uh, 
for me, he's not one of those players that, you know, he'll, he'll pick the ball up, beat three or four players, and then hit it into the back of the net and stuff. I think he's a penalty box player. He's got good movement. He's sharp. Uh, he's a good finisher. But he's got to get the service. I look at the Hearts squad. I watched them last year. I thought they were excellent. Had a great run, finished third. Cup final, bit disappointing in the second half, I've got to say, but that was all down to Rangers. Um, but they've got quality players in that team that if they create the right chances for him, I think it'll be a good sign and I think he'll score goals for him. Kenny, I know a lot of Hearts fans were wanting to see Ellis Sims back at the club this season. If that's not to happen, does the signing of Shankland make up for that? Does it more than make up for it? Oh, definitely. I can only agree with Gordon, Andrew. Uh, I would much rather have Shankland than Sims, to be honest. You know, I actually had a debate with a Hearts fan after the, the friendly the weekend there. Uh, I, did, I, I didn't... Sims is a big, strong player, but I didn't see there wasn't an awful lot, you know, for the size of him. He wasn't a big Uchi when Uchi was there, but I'd rather have Uchi back. But to be honest, I think Shankland's a perfect fit. You've got Kingsley and Cochrane swinging in balls for the left, and you've got Janelli and Forrest throwing in balls for the right. And if it's Boyce and Shankland up front, then Boyce is very good at playing me through balls, eh, holding the ball up and laying it off. I think it could be a very good eh, signing. Uh, yeah, uh, time will only tell. Um, he's getting older now. He's getting more experienced. He's he's went over to Belgium, tried over there. Uh, it's not particularly worked for him, but that that that'd be a great learning curve for him. Different uh, style of football as well. Um, he's coming back. He knows the Scottish game inside out. He's coming back to a very very good club. And as I said, when you run out of Tynecastle every second week in the atmosphere and the packed house and the Hearts fans, it's a very very good place to play. I've got to say. Um, so it's up to him. But I keep going back to it. If he's to be a success, I think that it's so important that he gets chances created for him. I don't think he's an individual. I think he's a team player that comes alive in the box. Well, thank you to Kenny Gordon. Another transfer I wanted to touch on quickly, Jordan Jones making his return to Kilmarnock. He's joined in a season-long loan from Wigan. A player that's maybe lost his way a bit in recent years, had a very good first spell at Kilmarnock over three years. Do you think that could be a good signing for them? Uh, t- well, Derek McInnes certainly does. Uh, I watched Kilmarnock against Partick last week and... I know it's pre-season, I know it's the Premier Sports Cup and, you know, you you try one or two things out, Andrew. They looked a bit short for me mm-hmm. at this level. Uh, and I think Derek's recognised that, looking for a wee bit of pace on the flanks. Um, he knows the club inside out. He got a good move to Rangers, unfortunately, it didn't work out. He's lost his way a little bit. It's a great opportunity for him. And as a manager and a club, all you can do is bring him back there put him in front of the fans, put him out in the pit and say, look, it's now up to you to grasp that opportunity. Derek's a very good coach, a very good manager, so he'll be hoping to get the best out of him and I'm sure Kilmarnock fans will be quite happy to see him back. Yeah, and the fact that Kyle Lafferty is is back there as well, he's in the top flight where he's shown he can do it for Kilmarnock. Can you see the two of them linking up quite well? Yeah, good experience. Um, Know the club inside out. Um, You know, Probably, you know, they'll be the guys that Derek will be looking for to create chances and score chances because it is going to be difficult for Kamara, I think, this season. I know that Derek is a, a very ambitious manager and quite rightly so, he's been about the block. Uh, but I think for Kamara to go into this league this year and stay in it would be a good success for me. Well, thank you for all your calls. Thank you for all your tweets and just listening in at home. Thank you to Gordon DL in the studio as well. 
Next up is Callum Gallagher, but make sure you join us tomorrow night because we've got something a bit different for you. We'll be bringing you a Super Scoreboard Pride special where we take a look at the issues facing the LGBTQ plus community in Scottish football. I'll be joined by PFA Chief Executive Fraser Wisher, Scotland Women's Captain Rachel Corsi, and there will be plenty more contributors as well. I hope you can join us for that one.